Hello, I'm Katie Thistleton and welcome back to Getting Ahead with Apprenticeships. This episode is brought to you by the Association of Accounting Technicians and today we're talking all about degree apprenticeships in finance and accounting. In the studio today we have Rachel Johnston, lecturer and director for the Centre of Degree Apprenticeships at the University of Exeter, Anthony Clark, a business development manager at AAT and Tanto who completed his apprenticeship at Warner Bros. We're talking you through the experience of becoming a finance and accounting apprentice, exploring the differences between a traditional degree in accounting or finance and an apprenticeship, and the skills employers are looking for and the skills you'll gain throughout your apprenticeship. So let's start with the first big question. What actually is the difference between studying finance or accounting as a degree apprenticeship or doing a traditional degree? If you're studying a traditional degree, it's usually over three years, you attend university full time, and the experience into employment is much more linear. So you complete all your theory and your knowledge through your degree, and then you go to have a look for a graduate role within an organization. Uh, within apprenticeships, uh, it's combined. So that experience of learning in work as well as the university happens simultaneously. So with apprenticeship, you would spend around 20% of your time at university or studying uh, within the classroom. And at the same time, you would apply your knowledge directly into the workplace. Um, the other difference is that by doing it together is it takes slightly longer because you're studying your degree part time um, than if you were studying it full time. Okay, great. It takes a bit longer, but you've got all that time that you spend in the workplace, all that work experience already, haven't you? Exactly. And because you're taking the knowledge from the classroom and applying it directly into the workplace, you also make rapid progress within your career as well, um, because you're learning as you're earning, um, and you, you're also taking up, making a promotion um, within your organisation. Great. So how soon do you actually get into the workplace when you're doing a degree apprenticeship, Anthony? So... Typically, it will be almost from day one. Um, you'll, depending on the company that you're working for, you'll go through your induction, become familiarised and acclimatised to the business that you're working with. But um, no, we see apprentices working. You know, we, we've had people um, working one one in particular that was working within an audit team as an apprentice, um, linked up with an F1 team and was travelling around the world with this Formula One team on their their audit uh, on their audit team within about a month of joining the company. So. You are straight into it from day one. That is so cool. I don't know what's cooler, that or the fact that Tan did his apprenticeship for Warner Brothers. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so I um, obviously, I think it's really important to know that I left school and I kind of wanted to really take a leap of faith um, because apprenticeship back then wasn't such a thing. Yeah. Um, so I thought, let me do an apprenticeship and take a risk. Um, the risk paid off. And I started my apprenticeship with Warner Bros, where I looked after basically their Blu-rays, DVDs, and 4Ks. Um, I've met a lot of the, um, you know, done a lot of the events, um, go to company day outs. It's just real, real fun. Um, and I wouldn't change it, honestly. That sounds so cool. So can you talk us through the type of stuff you're actually doing in your role, Tam? At Disney, at the moment, I work a lot with the um, different brands of Disney. So you've got, you know, your Nat Geo, your ESPN, and then you've got your Disney kids. And most of the times I work with the uh, senior managers and uh, head of accounts and stuff like that to um, figure out where their budget lies within the campaigns that they run. So if you ever see any YouTube um, ads on Disney, or if you ever see banners and stuff on a bus or you know on the underground um i have some level of detail over it so i know how much the campaign costs 
Um, I know um, how much we receive from the client. So, for example, if the client asked to run ads on one of our channels, um, I would know roughly how much we get paid. And just speaking to the, I guess, the teams to figure out if we have enough budget to cover versus what the client has given us is mainly what I do. Okay, so you're managing that pot of money. Exactly, yeah. So can you drive past a billboard and go, well, I know how much that costs? I do, actually. Sometimes I look at ads that I go, oh, I've worked on that. Like, <laughs> it's sort of ruined adverts for you a little yeah, bit. It does, it does. You know all the secrets. Yeah, I'm like, I know how much it costs, but I never say it. You're not allowed to, but I do know how much it costs. It's a shame, because when you know got all the family around at Christmas or whatever, you could be like, guys, do you know how much that advert probably costs? Oh, they do. They always ask. They always take pictures and they go, Tell how much does this cost? I'm like, I can't tell you that, guys. But I know, I do know how much it costs. But I've got it up here. <laughs> Love it. When you do a degree apprenticeship, do you need to specialise or is it later on that you decide what you maybe want to do as your specialty, a bit like a traditional degree? Yeah, so there's as many options as there are if you're doing a degree. So within the apprenticeship, there are specialist options. Um, and it's about, first of all, finding getting that base knowledge, that foundation, both from your um, studies, but also from your organisation and working out where your interests are and then specialising. And when does the course start? Does that work kind of the same as doing a traditional degree? Anytime. Um, so usually with apprenticeships, you're not tied to that academic year. Um, it's about finding the right organisation to work with and those organisations start their apprenticeships and their training and their employment um, as and when they need those places. So yes, they do start within September. If you're an A-level leaver, there'll be lots of um, openings around that time, but that's not the only time you can start an apprenticeship. I suppose one of the big differences is the fees and funding as well, Anthony, because uh, you, you as a business very kindly take care of the old fees, don't you? Indeed. So that, <laughs> that is one of the big differences is as an apprentice, you won't be paying a penny towards your studies. It's all driven through um, something known as the apprenticeship levy, where businesses are paying into their apprenticeship levy and are able to then utilise that to fund training of, of new talent into their business through apprenticeships. Um, all of the fees are covered. And of course, you've got the added bonus of earning at the same time. Yeah, that's fantastic. When you were doing your apprenticeship, Tam, did you find that the skills that you were learning at Warner Brothers are transferable? Because I know now you're working at Disney, aren't you? Have you been able to take a lot of those skills across with you? Absolutely. Um, it's almost fundamental um, that your apprenticeship uh, skill sets translate to your professional career. Um, just because when you step into, I guess, a, a finance um, apprenticeship or a degree apprenticeship, um, you tend to find yourself learning a lot um, because it's almost your day one in a corporate environment. Um, and once you obviously learn as much as you can, um, most of these skill sets are very easily transferable. Great. Would you second that, Anthony? Would you say that the skills that your degree apprentices are learning, they would be able to take into other finance and accounting roles? I think even more broadly than finance and accounting. I think right. just because you're doing an accountancy or finance apprenticeship at an early stage of your career, that doesn't mean that's going to be your job for life. Um, if you look at the FTSE 100 top companies, a number of those CEOs started off as accountants. Um, from an AAT perspective, once somebody's completed the AAT professional diploma at level four, which is the level eight equivalent in Scotland, they can go on and set up their own accountancy practices and run their own businesses. So wow. you look at pretty much any type of job role in, in any department within a business, you need a good understanding of finance. You're going to have to be making financial decisions. So 
that career progression's there as an accountant, but equally it keeps those doors open for whatever direction you want to go into in the future. Yeah, you could end up working anywhere, couldn't you? I mean, my first thought wouldn't be for somebody working in a finance or accounting role, Disney and Warner Brothers felt that's exactly where Tan has worked, which is just so, so cool. Will the students who are doing degree apprenticeships still have that social life that, you know, everybody really loves to have at university going to Freshers Week? Will they still be able to make friends? Because presumably in the workplace there's a real mix of ages. They are part of that university community and that university family. And there is opportunities to engage in what is university life. Um, I guess the biggest difference is that they might not be based on campus. So their experience will be different than if they're studying a standard full-time degree. Um, but there's certainly opportunities to engage with all of the activities that you would do with university, um, especially if you're on campus and you've got those block leave study in there. Mm. But what I would also say is that you have that broader experience of engaging with your peers within your organisation. And lots of the organisations that we work with do have that apprenticeship community as well. So you're part of your university family, your work family, and then your apprenticeship um, family as well. I guess so. from my experience, um, Warner Bros was really open to the idea of making sure all the apprenticeship uh, apprentices know each other and the interns know each other. So what they'll do is they'll do lunch and learn. So where basically you go for lunch and they'll pay it and expense it out for you and you just talk to other apprentices and interns. Um, they also do monthly kind of training um, sessions where it improves your skills and you meet the other apprentices there. And there's always going to be like drinks and stuff that the apprentices host or the interns host or people host just to get to know each other. What would you say from an employer's perspective, Anthony, do you try and ensure that apprentices feel like they're really integrated? So businesses really do pay a lot of attention to that initial experience for their apprentices. Um, it could well be, depending on the company that you're joining, that you're one of essentially hundreds or thousands of apprentices all joining at the same time. So there's a real focus on, on building up that community, not necessarily just with apprentices that are going to be studying the same qualification as you, the same apprenticeship as you, but building up that spirit within the, uh, within the organization and helping to, to build those relationships across the board. I think another thing as well is that you'll be studying your apprenticeship with a with a training provider and educational establishment. So you'll actually get to meet other apprentices that may be working in different sectors, different um, different organisations to yourselves. So there's that real opportunity for that early sort of early career networking and building those relationships across the board. Great. In terms of what you're actually learning when you're doing your degree apprenticeship, Rachel. Is it the same stuff that you'd be learning if you did a traditional degree? I think for apprenticeships, it's quite exciting because what you learn has actually been um, worked out together with groups of employers. So they've looked at what skills, knowledge and behaviour they want for their current workforce, but also their future workforce. Um, and then what we do in terms of delivery is we we deliver those knowledge, we make sure there's opportunities for applying that knowledge in the workplace and developing those skills and behaviours. So in terms of a, a degree, it's very applied in nature, the fact that everything that you do through active learning, um, you're applying directly into that workplace and then you're bringing it back um, into your taught sessions to see how it worked, why it worked, why didn't it work, um, and then going back again. So um, it, it really is. And and it's it's very alive and fast moving um, and very linked to the industry that is that you're working in. But also there are lots of transferable pieces within that because the the what you learn is around knowledge, skills and behaviours. They're very appropriate to accounting and finance, but also they're appropriate to the world of work at that level as well. That's great because you know you're learning the right stuff. You know you're learning the stuff that you need to 
in order to progress your career. Sam, could you tell us a little bit about sort of, you know, day one, you get in there at Warner Bros. What was it like? What kind of stuff, what kind of things were you do when you were on your apprenticeship? So day one, you normally start with an induction. So they'll talk to you about, you know, professional behavior, um, what you'll be doing, um, how to act around people and stuff like that. Because obviously when you leave um, A-levels, you don't have that experience in terms of how to act in a corporate environment. So they'll brief you, brief you through it a little bit on how to behave. Um, and then day one is more about um, who your peers are, um, recognizing what people do and who you can go to for support. And I think that's really important um, because I was always under the impression of they'll just throw me in the deep end and I have to figure things out. But actually that wasn't the case. Everybody was very supportive and open and everybody wanted you to really build your experience and really further your development. Do you work with a team a lot? Or are you more on your own or is it a bit of a mix? So during the start, um, you normally work within your team just to build up those, ex- uh, those skill sets and experience to do your work. But eventually, once they feel like you're confident and you're okay to do your work on your own, you're more than likely doing the work on your own and not much um, support unless you really need it and you can reach out for it. And obviously you're training on the job. Mistakes are going to happen. Have you ever made any big mistakes? And, you know, how does that feel? I think even to this day, I still make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're all human beings and we are obviously making mistakes. Um, the best way um, to really make the best out of it is really to evaluate and reflect on it. Do you second that, Anthony? Absolutely. I think giving apprentices the license to know that actually I'm in a safe environment where mm-hmm. I can stretch myself. Mm-hmm. As long as I learn from those mistakes, then you know there's no... There's no serious repercussions. Tan, did you ever believe that sort of working in finance that you would end up working for Disney and, and why? Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely not. If you said this to me five years ago, say, oh, Tan, you'll end up at Disney somehow. I'd be like, absolutely not. Well, yeah. What are you talking about? Um, no. So it just shows that it actually works. Um, you don't need to take the traditional route. Um, you can take the apprenticeship route and make it to where you want to make it to. How do degree apprenticeships differ in England, Scotland, Wales and, and Northern Ireland or across the nations? So in England, we have something that's known as the apprenticeship standards, um, which is about development of your, your technical knowledge as well as those wider business skills and behaviours. So within England, you've got the apprenticeship standards that AAT supports um, at levels two, three and four. The next step, oddly, would be that you jump up to level seven which is your sort of equivalent of a master's uh, master's degree. So the AAT journey within the apprenticeship finishes at level four, which is your sort of first year of university foundation degree. Then you jump up to your level seven to study for your chartered qualifications. Within Scotland, we have something known as the modern apprenticeships, which would commence at level six, which would be uh, equivalent to hires. You then move through to level seven, which is your HNC level. And then finally, um, onto level eight, which is the HND higher national diploma level within Wales. They still use apprenticeship frameworks, which are available at levels two, three, and four. Okay, great. So the important thing is that those opportunities are there across all four nations anyway. Absolutely. I think, yeah, it's just adding on top of that. I feel like there's obviously certain different chartered stages. So you've got your ACCA, you've got your CMI, and you've got your ICAEW, which is like a chartered accountant for England and Wales. So it might slightly differ depending on where you're based. 
So I would assume if you're based in Wales, you're more likely to be inclined to do ICEW, so it transfers on both sides. The point that you've just mentioned, we've talked about a lot of professional bodies that are involved with yeah. accounting and finance. So exactly what's the accounting ones and the finance have a whole other set yes. of, of those pieces but I think they're really important to point out in these um, apprenticeships because whilst they're degree apprenticeships the the sector that you're working in in accounting and finance also recognize that these professional bodies are really important yeah. so within each of these whether you're studying finance or accounting or whichever level you're studying at they all have these mandated professional qualifications as well. So if you're studying these degree apprenticeships, um, you can get a university degree, um, you get your professional qualification degrees, you get your experience and you get your apprenticeship certificate. So wow. you get quite a lot. It's quite a CV. Well, it's exactly. When yeah. you come out of this journey, you get a lot. But each of these elements are really important to your future career in accounting or outside of accounting. That's great. And they're available across all four nations. They might just be slightly different. You might have a different a different body or they might have a different term, of course. And they're also recognised globally, some of them as well. So in terms of mobility, wow. in your your degree and these professional qualifications in future career is, you know, it's, it's huge on your CV. Time could get a transfer over to Disney. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Disney in the States. Yeah. What support do you get as a degree apprentice? So should we start with from the university, Rachel? Really critically, I think, for apprenticeships is every apprentice is um, allocated an academic mentor or a skills coach. So you have that one-to-one person that takes you throughout that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're there to support you with your academic practice. They also form a really important link between you and your employer. So every at least every 12 weeks, you have a meeting uh, with this individual from your um, training provider, your university, with yourself as an apprentice and your employer. And you talk about your your pro- progression. You talk about what you've achieved so far, what you want to achieve next. You set yourself some objectives. So that's really important in order to keep you on, on track, both in work um, and on your university degree. Um, so that's one form. In terms of um, everything that you would have um, offered from a university, you have all your wellbeing support, you have your academic support, you have your skills support. Um, so there's a whole range that you have from your university as any other student would um, access that support as well. That's great. And then on top of that, Anthony, do you provide support for the apprentices as an employer? So from the employer side of things, yes, the any apprentice will have a line manager and an internal mentor that will support them on a day-to-day basis through that apprenticeship journey to help pick up if, if, if something does go wrong, to give them that support they need to learn from it. But equally, any questions or anything that they need to, to find out within the business, they will have dedicated people within that organisation that are there to support them. Did you feel you had a lot of people to go to when you were doing your apprenticeship town to to ask them if you know you made a mistake or if you weren't sure how to do something or you were perhaps just struggling with the workload of you know being a, a student and working at the same time and trying to socialize and everything if you feel like you're you're overwhelmed or you're not sure about something they'll obviously give you their contact information to basically um you know speak to them make sure you're okay you know your well-being matters a lot so for them they need to make sure you're okay to be able to do your job and on top of that like your employers are also there for you as well so if I ever felt um, during that Warner Bros, I was going through a rough time or I didn't understand something that I should, um, then my line manager would always support me in, in that sense. Like maybe put me in a meeting room, talk about what's going through and just have, yeah, you have support everywhere. Not just your line manager, other people too. 
That's great. I think it's also good to say is that if things are going right and you're excelling, that those relationships, both from the workplace mentor and, and your university mentor, are really key in looking at where you can stretch yourself as well, maybe take on projects within your organisation if you're excelling. They're not just there if you're struggling or you need support. They're also there to, to support you with when things are going right as well. Does a degree apprenticeship in finance and accounting translate to a job when you finished? It certainly does. I think businesses aren't taking on apprentices because it's a nice thing to do. They're doing it because it makes good business sense. <laughs> and the amount of time that businesses are investing in developing their apprentices, of course, they want them to remain in the business and give them that career opportunity to give them that progression to stay within the business and to thrive and carve out a really successful career within that organisation. What do you guys think is the perception of apprenticeships? What did you think when you were doing yours, Tan, a few years ago that, that people thought of an apprentice? Um, to be honest, I thought an apprentice would be doing coffee runs and, you know, picking up stuff, people photocopying, mining stuff. But actually, no, you are basically a member of the team. So a lot of things that the team does is what you're doing as well. Um, and that's probably the biggest misconception that I always get that us just doing photocopies and copyrights. Um, so yeah, you're like a part of the team. So you do what the team want, uh, do what the team does and you'll be a part of it. So actually what you're doing is gaining all of these skills that you can take on to, to a job when you finish, as Anthony said. Absolutely. Do you think those perceptions have changed a little bit? I think there's still work to do. I think that there's less information out there about apprenticeships as the next step after e-levels than there is to degrees but i think that the way that we're seeing more and more organizations more and more businesses across the uk investing in apprenticeship programs and actually recognizing there's there's so many opportunities out there i think those perceptions are changing from um, the employers that we work with at the university of exeter the apprenticeships that they bring in or the apprentices are really valuable to the diversification of their workforce as well. They're, they're bringing in a, a whole diverse thought process within their organisations. Yeah. Um, you know, they're working, doing the same work as their peers, working on projects, but actually bringing a new perspective um, from what they're learning from their past experiences into their organisations. So they're really valued within those organisations. That's great. Do you have to stick to finance and accounting once you finish that degree apprenticeship? No, you, you don't is the, is the short answer. We, there's lots and lots of transferable things. And I think when you choose, whether you're choosing a full-time degree or you're choosing a degree apprenticeship, you have to try it to see if it works for you. Um, and if it doesn't work for you, then you, you can, you can choose something else. Um, I've had experience of apprentices that have done their first year and they've realized actually that that role isn't for them. They've really liked the organisation and they've, they've moved into a different role within their that organisation. Um, but what's really important is you don't lose that year. Um, you, you know, you take what, what you've got from that year. If you're doing a university course, they can't take away from you those credits and those modules that you've already achieved or those professional qualifications that you've already achieved. Um, and it's like with any job or any university course, sometimes your first choice you work out isn't the right one for you. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really important learning to know what's not right for you, but actually what you've already done and what you've already achieved, you can move somewhere else. And hopefully that experience will help you decide what is right for you, whether it's within that organization or not. That's great. 
So if someone who's watching this right now or listening to it and thinking, do you know what, this this sounds like a bit of me. Maybe I want to be doing the uh, the accounting one day at Disney or Warner Bros. What makes a good finance and accounting apprentice? What are employers looking for, Anthony? Um, I think that the first thing to say is this isn't just about people that are really good at maths going on. If I'm not good at maths, I can't be an accountant. Okay, it's good to know. You look at the way that the role of an accountant has evolved over the years. So much now is driven by technology. So actually being a digital native, having a really good understanding of how to utilize different apps, utilize different softwares is so important. Communication is another really, really important skill as an accountant. Having that adaptability to, you may be on one instance having a conversation with another finance professional and you'll talk in a certain way. And then you may be communicating information back to a colleague in marketing or an HR. Mm -hmm. So to have that adaptability to communicate different messages and present different information in different ways is so, so important. I think the other one, and this, this would be relevant to any apprenticeship, not just with an accountancy, know what you're applying for, do your research, try to avoid that scattergun approach of, I'm just going to throw my CV out there to a hundred different companies mm -hmm. and hope that it sticks. Show that you've taken the time to understand the organizations that you're applying for and to really show that yeah, you've done your research great rachel what things do you think people could be doing right now to try and stand out and get that place in the future i think um knowing the organizations that you want to work for and making sure that what their culture and, and their values are match your own and um, so that initial research of finding out which organizations you want to work is, is really important and i think looking at what those employability and those transferable skills are that you bring that you've already got from your experiences is, is also important so as well as your academic achievement to date in your a levels but also you know what, what other skills can you bring and how does what do your beliefs and values match those of those organizations that you want to work for um, explaining that within an application i think is really important and recognizing some of those transferable skills as well um, around problem solving, around resilience, um, all of those those pieces that you'll need when you're balancing a new job and higher level study as well. So tell us someone who has gone through the interview processes successfully, have you got any top tips for people about what might be asked of them? Yeah, I think um, it really depends on the finance apprenticeship. So I initially applied for um, JP Morgan to be basically the investment kind of apprentice. And um, it was really challenging and tough because you go through um, a lot of assessment centers, group interviews and networking sessions where um, you're um, given a point based on how you act and network around people. So people are just staring at you and seeing how your body language is. Are you really listening and stuff like that? Um, although I wasn't successful, it really gave me the, the knowledge and the insight on how to behave when I applied for Warner Bros. So it was very transferable. Um, I mean, top tips for Warner, well, top tips in general in the friendships is more, you know, be enthusiastic, um, be punctual, be on time. Um, they want to see that you're willing to learn. They don't want you to know everything, but they want to see that you're really, really there willing to learn. And do you already need to have experience in finance? Did you already have any experience to to your apprenticeship? No, I did not have a single experience, but I think you need to come into the mindset of you're willing to learn and you're willing to make the mistakes. Um, I think that's what they are trying to get out of you. Are you enthusiastic? Um, are you willing to learn? Um, so you don't need to have any experience at all to get into a finance friendship role. What kind of questions would you be asking in an interview then, Anthony? Um, 
there's a lot of different approaches to accountancy apprenticeships from your sort of standard CV application, potentially first and second stage interview, through to various assessment sensors, numerical reasoning type activities. What we've definitely seen is that businesses are now looking a lot more at the individual and how that individual aligns to the business's values and mission um, and looking at individual strengths rather than um, an answer that might come out within a within an interview question. But I think it's inevitable. You need to be prepared to answer questions around your motivations, around what's made you um, identify that particular organization as somewhere that you'd like to work. Most importantly, though, is your understanding of that job role because there's lots of different functions and different types of roles within accountancy. So make sure that you've read through that job spec, that you understand what it is that you're applying for, because you want to make sure that you're actually going to enjoy it in the first place. But to demonstrate to, to your interviewer that, uh, that you've taken the time to fully understand what the role is that you're looking for. Of course. Tan, do you think there's a stereotype of what someone who works in finance or accountancy is? Um, mainly from... Um my little nephews and nieces, then they say, oh, you just sit in a dark room and on spreadsheets. And <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. I hope that's not what you do. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like, where, where does this come from? That doesn't sound very Disney. It doesn't, no, not at all. Um, that's that's what a stereotypes you get. But no, I mean, mostly in finance, you, you really are working with people. Um, well, from my experience, you're working with um, clients, you're working with like different teams and stuff like that. So you're not just at your desk 24-7. Would you recommend it then? Fun job? Uh, yeah, pretty fun. Get to see Mickey Mouse much? Uh, yeah, all the time. Wow. I feel like he's everywhere. Well, I'm convinced it sounds absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing all your tips today. Thank you. Hopefully that gives you the insight you need to help you decide whether a degree apprenticeship could be right for you. A huge thank you to our sponsor, AAT, and our experts, Rachel, Anthony, and Tan, for sharing their expertise and experiences with us. And if you're still unsure about which direction you want to take, check out our other episodes of Getting Ahead with Apprenticeships, covering all sorts of different industries from creative and design to engineering and science to business and administration. See ya! Hi, Sam from UCAS here. While that episode was packed with great info and insight about apprenticeships, and if you're thinking about an apprenticeship, here are my top tips of what to do next. Firstly, remember you can apply to both university and college courses and apprenticeships. So why wouldn't you? Keep your options open, do your research and make those applications. If you've started a university and college application, your grades, your experiences, the skills you might have referenced in your personal statement can all be used to help you write your CV. Just remember when you're listing those skills to make sure you've got examples to demonstrate how you can actually use them, particularly if you get an interview. Look at lots of vacancies for job descriptions so you know the kinds of tasks and responsibilities that you're going to need to do. And be sure to put as much research as possible into the employer. It's really important you know the sort of environment you're gonna be working in. You need to tailor your covering letters and your CVs, and this will help you show your enthusiasm, particularly at interview. Check out Career Finder for our vacancies, but also look at local job sites, LinkedIn, socials. 
There'll be some fantastic opportunities available in your local and regional areas. It's not just corporate companies that offer apprenticeships. And remember, not everyone is going to call it a higher or a degree apprenticeship. Some will just refer to the levels. So keep your eyes peeled for level four to level seven apprenticeship. Level four is the equivalent to the first year of university and a level seven is the equivalent to a master's. Be sure to ask your employer if there's the opportunity though to move up through the levels if you'd like to work towards a full degree. Don't forget, you can find out about other industries with Katie by heading to ucas.com, YouTube, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform.